No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. It's night. You're home from work (laughs) and you're hungry. Well, you know what it is? The holidays. And I've been tired from shopping. I don't feel like cooking when I get home. No. What should we do? You should go over to Fire on the Mountain. If you're in Portland or you're in Denver, you are in luck. There's three locations here in Portland. There's two in Denver. And they have your dinner, your lunch, and your late breakfast covered. I mean, I guess you could go there for an early meal right when they open. But, you know, it's up to you. It's always time for chicken wings. But if if I uh, work my late shift... Then, yeah. Okay. Before you bed. Could, you could do that. You can go get yourself some chicken wings. You can go get yourself some onion rings, deep fried pickle spears, the most amazing desserts on the planet. The Fremont location has pizzas and stuff like that. Tots, the dopest fries. Then they also got you covered with the libations because they have their own brewing company down here in the in Portland area. And all three locations now are pouring a delicious new roasted hazelnut brown ale. So if you're into that hazelnut brown stuff, you can go drink that up and get a little buzz on and feel good and have your chicken wings. And, and to me, there's nothing that goes... We, you got to appreciate beer, but beer with wings, oh my God, it's like a match made in heaven. True. And you know, one of the cool things about Fire on the Mountain is if you don't want to drive over there you can have it delivered to your house and chicken wings actually travel well on delivery unlike other stuff and if you're not in any of the places like portland or denver that i said don't be sad go to portlandwings.com and hook yourself up with some of their merch and some of their sauces and you can have like a whole fire on the mountain party at your house while listening to no simple road with fire on the mountain on and what if i want to like i love them so much and i want like a hoodie or a t-shirt or then you, some stickers then or something you like go that where i just said and do what do they <laughs> <laughs> you go to the and order all that stuff order it. fine okay so it's portlandwings.com and it's at F-O-T-M-P-D-X and at F-O-T-M Denver on Instagram. And you are going to find pictures of the most delicious food on the planet. And when you go in the restaurant, you're going to eat the most delicious food on the planet. Fire on the mountain. We are down to the wire for holiday shopping. Yeah, we, we are. are. We, the the bells are ringing. The, sh- the shelves are empty. And you've got that one person on your Christmas list that you're like, I don't know what to get. Crazy Carl. Well, if Crazy Carl is a fan of live music and the Grateful Dead, 
you can go over to shoppurebus.com and get Crazy Carl, yourself, or whoever else is on your Christmas list, some dope-ass Grateful Dead-inspired merch, tees, hoodies, stickers, pins, all the dope stuff, and it's all Grateful Dead songs told in picture. And to boot, it comes in an all-over printed box with a bunch of extras on the inside, and you never know what you're going to get. You can get all kinds of doodads and candies, what action nots. figures, whatnots. And the perfect time to get that during the holidays. A Absolutely. little something extra. And when you order, check this out. You don't know if you're going to actually get it or not, but you may get a Miracle Grateful Dead bootleg with your order. I'm talking about a real cassette tape that's been traded through the Grateful Dead family coming to you for you to put in some tape player that you don't have to listen to it's really cool when you get miracle it's a piece of history it's literally a piece of history yeah yeah it, it, is. it is friday the 16th is the last At day midnight. for holiday shipping through shop tour bus and they're hooking you up with free shipping so put in the promo code no simple road all one word when you check out you're going to get free shipping from our family over at shoptourbus.com Hey everyone, Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration, and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Mel Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available, and spots are extremely limited. So visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. when you don't feel good?
No. 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 I'm not either. No, I get cranky little, yeah, and stuff. I was, yeah. was going to say I was a little crabby. A little cranky. Yeah. Hey, no. No Simple Road family. How's it going? This is Aaron. And this is Mel. And this is Apple. And Darwin, too. And hey, Darwin. Every, everybody out there that sent Darwin prayers and thoughts and love, we, we want to say thank you. And he told us to tell you when we started recording this week that he felt it. and He, he appreciates he, it. He asked for more. Yep. So... Yep. Darwin guys, does always ask for more. If anybody knows Darwin, he loves more. More, yeah, he is <laughs> more, more treats, yeah. more Deweys. <laughs> more pe- Deweys. Deweys. Do you want to explain wait, to wait, wait, the wait. fam what Deweys are, For Apple? anybody that's never listened to No Simple Road before, if this is your first episode, welcome to the family. Yes. I'm glad you're here. Now, we are talking about our dog. Darwin. At the moment. And we are going to get to the interview with Eric Gates from Hot Buttered Rum here in a second. Apple, please continue. Tell us what Deweys are. <laughs> Sometimes I don't even realize when it comes out of my mouth that that is a term that my dad and my stepmother came up with. It's when you're when it's like the act of doing the petting to the dog and they call it Dewey's. Oh, like, I didn't oh, know that. Like, it was oh, that. Okay. oh, he I went, didn't know it was that. Oh, they went. He went to Dewey's, and then they come over, and it's it's like the act of doing the petting. I just thought it was Dewey's. a cute word for yeah, petting. Me too. It, it, it is cute. <laughs> what, what that was never explained to me, but that's how I perceive it. How they oh, came up with it. Oh, they made that up. They okay. call it oh Dewey's. It's like, okay. and then you do it while you're petting them. Oh, Dewey's. Well, Eric, this anyway, yeah, there you go. Yeah, gives this you, week gives you musical Dewey's in your ear. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he does. They. Hot Buttered Rum, if you're not familiar, I'm shocked. They've been around since, what, 2002, killing it. And um, we're super stoked to have Eric on the show. We had a really great conversation with him, man. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. I, like, this was like a mile marker for me because I was late to work. (laughs) I was late to the interview because I was having some really intense... um, issues with my mom that night and we were on the phone and I literally could not get off like there was it wasn't like oh you know how you doing shooting the breeze it wasn't like that it was like heavy intense like family stuff and Aaron kind of was pacing back and forth trying to like like looking at his watch you know I I, I stepped into the room just to check to see what was going on and I, I Mel was like it's not happening yeah, I was like, I like, I, I was so frustrated. Oh, I'm my mom. Well, like it was like, <laughs> I. It's like that that t- that tug between being at two places at once, and you know, like, oh shit, I'm gonna be late for work, but I like can't like the light is still red and I can't go and like there's a cop next to me so I can't speed like <laughs> there's like all of these factors all these holding you up. and it was really emotional like I was having we were working out some really deep stuff my mom and I and it was like a mile marker in our relationship that we've been dealing with this past three years since like since she moved out of here yeah since she moved out of here and since my uncle passed away and like all this stuff and it just happened to be on the day that we're at the end the exact time that eric yates was gonna well, be and, on and it's also this conversation with eric is also a mile marker in that you were not a banjo player <laughs> before yeah and you are one now so you're learning to speak a different language to the people that we interview. Yes. And it was the first time that I noticed it as we were having the conversation. I was like, oh, Mel's turning into a musician. Yeah. I, you know, the stuff that he, um, that we talked about and I don't even know if I took notes that night because I was just so out of it. Um, I, and I was out of my body, but I was so into what he was saying and I felt like, 
maybe again, it was maybe because I was super emotional, but like what his, the conversation you're about to hear is like really important to me and it was amazing. And Eric, um, I just want to thank you for being so gracious when I came back, came on and like for your time and your craft, you're incredible. Um, and yeah, thanks for being a mile marker for me. Yeah, man. This is, uh, another amazing conversation that, uh, you know, it's a trip when you sit down to talk to a musician that's been playing music for as long as Eric has, that's a long time to be doing thing. There's so much, there's a wealth of knowledge there. Mm. And now that you and I are both playing music, there's a whole world of questions that weren't available to us before mm-hmm. that are available to us now. And I, yes. I try hard not to like go down that lane too hard. You know what I Nerd mean? Nerd out. Because like, that could get boring for them and us and the people listening. You know um, what I mean? I think in the context of what we're doing, some of it's relevant and some of it can be a little um, boring. You know, somebody doesn't want to hear, you know, me talking about my personal stuff for an hour when we're talking to a musician. But at the same time, other banjo players out there might find it really refreshing and super cool and exciting. And same with guitarists or drummers or whatever. So, yeah. I think that we're we're good at giving a little bit of a um, you know both a cornucopia yeah. a buffet <laughs> a of cornucopia. conversation if you will yeah, yeah. a plethora do we have a plethora yeah <laughs> not a smidgen all right so um, what do we need to do to get him to the interview we need to talk about our stuff yeah we need to talk about um, <laughs> what's coming up and what has happened and all uh, those good things I will tell you first off first and foremost if you are in the uh, Area of Sweetwater, oh, New yeah. Year's Eve, Hot Buttered Rum has a one hell of a New Year's show planned for you all. So if you haven't got yeah, tickets about and it you're planning this. on it, you should go check that out. Yeah, yeah, he talks about it. You'll hear all about that in this. It's a, this, this is exciting, too. We're, uh, we're heading into the very last couple of weeks of, of, of the holiday season in this year and it's looking wild. forward to 2023. And yeah. It's been a crazy year. (laughs) Well, you know, yes. Yes, Apple. (laughs) It has been a crazy year. It's been really crazy, but it's been amazing. Oh, yeah. Can we, before we go into that, I want to say that they have on Instagram, you can win your chance to score a free pair of tickets to that New Year's Eve show that we were just talking about. So you have to tag a friend that you want to go to show with um, in in the comments, um, reshare the post on your story or your feed or both. And then keep an eye on your DMs and they'll reach out um, next um, with the winner next so week. What's the, and this was just five hours ago. If you're not following them already, where do they go? It's at what? It's at hot.buttered.rum.band. On Instagram. Yeah. Okay. So, hey, if you were are in the area of Sweetwater and you didn't have anything to do on New Year's, go, go to Instagram and try and win yourself a pair of tickets or just go buy them. And then go yeah, check go out buy them, but Drum. still try to win them because yeah. that's fun. If you can't afford it, there's your chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's do the business and get them to the to the thingamajig. Sound good? Yeah. Business yep. and thingamajig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds pleasant. Follow No Simple Road at No Simple Road on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Go to www.nosimpleroad.com. You can get yourself No Simple Road merch there. We have a calendar of events. If you click on the family tab and scroll down a little bit, you will see a little banner that I have with beadwork 
by Jenny. Uh, her work is up there and she is doing a pre-order for her book. Um, and we would appreciate it if the No Simple Road family would show up. Our sister. Yeah, show up for the No Simple Road family. It's also you're gonna be getting something really beautiful and worthwhile and unique. Yeah. As a music lover, as an art lover, she has done something so special in pouring herself out into these wonderful straps and beaded pieces. And uh yeah. And this is your chance too to get a little piece of that work because she, she's busy, she's yeah. busy doing things, yeah. and you can upgrade and get that tier where you get the special made bookmark buyer. Where there's like four different choices. I mean, if you really want to splurge for yourself, you can even get a strap with yeah. one of those, yeah. one of those tiers. So, yeah, that's on there. Um, we are going to be going to Skull and Roses April nineteenth, twentieth, twenty first, twenty second, twenty third. Yeah, five days. <laughs> down in ventura and we would love to see all of you down there with us um i just talked to mike today and Uh, maybe we'll talk about that when we're done we're gonna share an airbnb i think with our brother wicked awesome um yeah skull and roses is gonna be freaking amazing phil lesh and friends are headlining teal and friends yeah i mean we're gonna see get a boys dogs in a pile our own um, garcia birthday band will also be there so we're excited we just had um you'll listen to that episode in a future they're playing um, on 420 yeah Yeah. this is gonna be really fun so come down hang out with us in ventura at skull and roses there is a link on our website where you can go get tickets just click on that it'll take you through and you get your tickets and you come down to Ventura and you stand on the burning shore with no simple road and the grateful dead family. It's going to be pretty dope. Uh, You can also go to patreon.com forward slash no simple road. And that is how you can monetarily assist the no simple road crew with continuing to bring you wonderful content such as Eric Yates from hot buttered rum. It's monetary love. That's right. Thank you. And also that's how we get down to skull and roses. That's how we buy lights. I don't know. You understand. You get what I'm going for. You get smell when I'm cooking, what the rock is cooking. Yeah. You do? Yeah, I do. Okay, good. All right, there it is. Patreon.com forward slash No Simple Road. Also, you can call the Tepid Line. The Tepid Line. line. 971-808-1524. That number again is 971-808-1524. What's the Tepid Line, Aaron? Well, let me tell you what the Tepid Line is. Tepid Line is where the No Simple Road family calls in and gives us trip reports. Anything they want to talk about. Whatever you want. Book reviews where you open your mouth and you do things stuffed whatever it may names. be we've had appreciation we've had recipes we've had ideas we've had all kinds of stuff and we still want more 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 971-808-1524 like you want to do something rad for us that doesn't cost anything you can leave us a review on apple podcasts and we ask for that not because it strokes our ego we ask for that so that other people can find out about No Simple Road because magically that does something for the algorithm and then more people find out about the show. And it does get us very, very happy and very excited. Well, that's, I mean, we don't have any. We don't have any. We have not had one no since December. November, November we are 8th. almost halfway through December and nobody has left, left a review. We need at least one of y'all to do it. If you're listening to this and you just felt that little tingle in your solar plexus area, that was the universe telling you to hook up No Simple Road with a review it'd be Coach cool Santa, Santa's telling you right now if you Ooh. leave a review before Christmas you're shooting right up to the top of that list of good wow. people oh okay yeah okay there it is <laughs> there's the business and I don't think we left anything out did we only uh, another thank you to Eric for being rad and awesome and 
being a dope banjo player. That's all I got to say. Thank you. That's all you have to well, say? Well, no, it's not all I have to I could say a lot more, but I just want I just want you to know that, Eric, when you listen back. So much appreciation for our conversation and the band. And maybe someday we'll have the whole band on. Yeah, that would be super cool. And hey, they put out a new album in September. It's called Shine All Night. Go give that a listen. We're going to give you one of the songs off of it right now. And so without further ado, the No Simple Road crew gives you... Eric Yates from Hot Buttered Rum.
I can't believe Gotta keep my hands busy, Lord I gotta keep my hands busy Before I find another trick up my sleeve I get up in the morning Look out the window And hope that it'll be a better day Hey, I get up the evening Ready to do it again And again and again and again Swerving inside the lines I was swerving inside the lines My engine was humming My mouth kept running As I turned to the steep incline Swerving inside the lines I was swerving inside the lines My spirit was ready Steady as I turned to a steep incline Swerving inside the lines What's happening, brother? I'm Aaron Aaron? Hi, I'm Eric Good to meet you, Eric And you are And I'm Apple and then, hi Apple. Have you ever been to a, a Seder? I love your computers. They're they're my favorite. Thanks. Thank you, thank you, sir. That's you know, I, I'm so rich. It's it's incredible. Yeah, we just we do this just for fun. Well, yeah, you find you find time for podcasting. And it's yeah, all. yeah, it's, you know. And this is this is Darwin. Cool. And have you ever been to a a, a Jewish Seder for Passover? Uh, I have been to one, but I, I have not been to more than that. Okay, so like at the Seder table, they leave an open chair for Elijah? Yes. That, that's what this is right here. Gotcha, okay. <laughs> that would be Melanie, his wife, and she may be joining us. We're not sure where she's at at the moment. Yeah, <clears throat> so whatever. It's cool. cool. Here we are. Welcome, yeah. man. Why don't you uh, introduce yourself Thanks. to the folks out there? Hello. First of all, are we, are, is this a video... Uh, product are we doing video also or is it just audio i am recording video um it cool. won't go out for a long time it'll be on our youtube and it'll just be clips how's my hair you look wonderful you look man great, you man. look fabulous i wasn't ready for a uh no it's video perfect. experience i can go spruce things up no I'm just no kidding. Um, i like you got me. good lighting it's kind of ethereal and spooky <laughs> yeah it's, yeah this is my bedroom i try to keep the lights low so that i don't you know it helps me adjust to the seasonal uh, change here. Where where are you, Eric? I am at Oakland, California. Oh, okay. So okay. we're in the same time zone. You're not like it's not like nine o'clock where you're at at six. Um, well, welcome, man. Yeah, where are you? Where are you all at? We're in Portland. Thank. You. Awesome. Yeah, uh, that that is where I wanted to start. This is where you're from, right? No, that's where I went to college. Okay. I went to uh, college at Lewis and Clark. Uh, Lewis and Clark College. Okay. You've heard of it. Yeah. Uh, that's where I met the guitarist from Hot Buttered Rum, Nat Keefe, uh, just a couple years ago. No, it was it was many years ago. We graduated in 2000. And uh, by the time we graduated, we actually had a pretty good band going. It wasn't great, but it was good, yeah. I would say. Right. <laughs> we, never ne- we didn't necessarily expect to do it full time, but we did expect to work super hard at it for a few years and see where things got. So that's what we did. Um, we're still working on it. Yeah. It's, it's a, I, that's a lifetime project. Well, I say he's got such a good, like stoner Oregon name, Nate Keefe. Yeah. Uh, Nat, like, Nat. like Nat King Cole. Hey, oh, okay. So yeah, short for Nathaniel commonly mistaken for either Matt or Nate. So I'm always very careful to 
try to get that yeah get that out of the world <laughs> you know it's it's yeah. odd man that like of course northwest string summit is up here but i was have, yeah it was i have heard it said that you know western oregon doesn't have a huge bluegrass scene and i have kind of found the opposite was that your experience here um, I was, I was mainly oriented around Portland when I was there and, um, it was pretty good. I mean, I was into so many different kinds of music at, at the time too. I didn't necessarily set out to be a bluegrass musician per se, but I was, um, I was, I was pretty into the bluegrass scene in Portland. I think, I do think that, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit more acquainted with the scene here in Northern California, which is rich you know it's it's surprisingly it's it's not we're not close to the Appalachian Appalachians but um yeah, right. it's it's uh there's a lot of great players in and around Northern California and that's sort of where we've you know kind of cut our teeth and learned learned how to play I guess um it, it tends to kind of warp your perception of what um good music is and also what one's what what one's own taste is uh so it became very easy in music school to just listen to lots of more kind of harmonically complicated music and lots of more rhythmically complicated music. And, um, and that's all well and good. That certainly has uh, some influence a little bit on what Hobbit and Rum does, but it, it also sort of, it led, I think me and maybe Matt away to a certain extent from just the music that really feels best, that feels most honest and feels most expressive and feels most authentic from us. So it was good to sort of, I felt like Hot Buttered Rum was, in a way, um, an attempt to, uh, you know, keep that alive, even in the midst of of um, going to music school and studying yeah, composers know. and and uh, all the all the great and wonderful thing Western Western art music has to offer. You kind of just answered my next question was like, yeah. why, why did you land on on bluegrass and, you know, Elijah? There's Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> Elijah made it to the dinner. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, I'm welcoming, uh, welcoming you. I'm, I'm sorry Hi. I'm late. I was dealing with the heavy life issues that could not wait. Um, but I was really excited. So um, please. Eric, that's Mel, by the way. <laughs> My it's name Melody, is Mel. Right? Yeah, okay. yeah. Good to meet you. Good to meet you. But you said that, you know, it, that was the music that felt the most honest and the most yes. real for you. Why, why do you think that is Eric? I think so. Here's a little tidbit from my, my college years. Cause I was working on a lot of different kinds of music. I've already mentioned sort of Western art music. Nat and I both studied composition, I think in large part because it's, it was the one area of the music department where you, you were encouraged to write music and be creative. Um, and the other, well, well I, I should say the other area was, was the very small kind of kind of jazz corner of the department. So I did spend, you know, a fair amount of time. I played in the jazz band all four years and was working on compositions in that area. And I loved playing with musicians in that world in as much as I could sort of hang. I was never as good of a jazz player as some of the some of the folks who you just sort of, you know, you'd hear them practice and be like, oh, that <laughs> that, girl's gonna, that girl's gonna crush yeah. she gets from New York or whatever. You know, I was like, oh, um, I always just wanted to like sing and, and entertain people, which is what I've ended up doing um, with my life. But um, I noticed, you know, I jam with these people and everybody be playing very intensely. But for the most part, um, 
you know, we'd be, we'd be playing in, in some kind of different formation or generally facing out towards, uh, an audience, whether or not there was one there. Um, and I noticed about bluegrass folks would stand in a circle and that was, that was a very, mm. there was somehow like a metaphorical, um, um, what am I trying to say here? I'm a little tired at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> there, there's a, there's a metaphor, uh, uh, there's a metaphor for the, for the music. So the way that people would relate to one another and just keep things going. I really liked that about bluegrass music kind of from the get go. And I should also say bluegrass music, what I'm kind of more broadly talking about is like string band music. Right. So this was true of a lot of the old time musicians that I would, um, you know, listen in on or some of the folks playing dog music or hot swing or other kinds of string based music. People just would, and all this stuff would kind of, you know, especially on the West coast intertwine and, and weave and there's just some amazing, um, some really amazing nights of music making that I couldn't overlook and I couldn't get out of my head. Um, a lot of that actually, some of the early stuff we really, that, that really sealed the deal for me, so to speak, was at, um, high Sierra music festival between, kind of 2001 to 2006 was when we were going there really regularly every year. And we had sort of a crew of other bands that we'd go with and um, uh, just some great acoustic musicians. And there were just a number of nights where, and this is not a bluegrass festival, keep in mind. No, we've been. So pretty broad. Yeah. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. It was like really pretty broadly defined, but we were, we were one of the bluegrass bands there and somehow like meeting the other sort of West coast bluegrass weirdos at this, um, you know, dot just super do super heavy duty jam band festival. I was like, okay, this is kind of, I think this is kind of where I fit into music. Like this is where mm-hmm. I can do what I'm, what I'm good at and have it. It's the right context for it. Mm-hmm. You know, That's- as much as I love bluegrass festivals and as much as I love, um, maybe festivals, like there are definitely jam band festivals that, that have very little or no bluegrass. I really like the ones that have a fair amount of string band presence. And that's, that's just what, that's what hooked me. I was like, Oh, I I will, I will chart a course to do this as much as possible and make sacrifices for it and, and, you know, show up basically. Wow. Hell yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, that's what we, we, we kind of, we're, we're, we're still, I mean, we dove in with the bluegrass, but we weren't big bluegrass fans until like 2018. Yeah. Or so, it, you know, we were into the jam band scene and started at festivals. More and more bluegrass was getting sprinkled in there. And then when we went to String Summit in 2019, which was very heavy bluegrass, we learned quickly. Yeah. We left there after four days. We were like, bluegrass is the shit. String dusters. And we were like, sky. wow, man. Because, you know, you're out there, you're having a good time partying. And first thing we learned is wow, you can really dance to this. I always had the picture yeah. in my head of like the, you know, the old guy just kind of shuffling. And man, we got down and we were sprung on bluegrass, have been ever since. Aaron started learning to play bluegrass on his guitar. Mel has gotten a banjo for her birthday now and is learning the banjo. Yeah, It's just like really become a part of our life. And like you said, you realize I grew up on listening to a lot of jazz for my dad's influence and stuff. And jazz is very, very technical and improvisational and all that. So it was bluegrass. And then we found, like, it's like, wow, bluegrass is amazing. And like you said, the way they keep it going, that's one thing I love. There's really, of all the bands we love, there, there's no real front man. 
they're all like the way they take turns going through the solos and stepping up to the mic and standing around. Mm -hmm. And then at first it took us a little bit. We weren't really paying that much attention. It's like, oh, there's no drummers (laughs) in bluegrass music, but it's like it makes up for it with all the other stuff going on. And it's Mm -hmm. just, you know, and now we are, we're in this world of bluegrass, like listening to you guys and the new album and stuff, you know, we just have so gotten into bluegrass and realized we used to think there is, there's like a handful of good bluegrass well, bands, and now we're realizing how many are out there. Apple, to be oh fair, my God. Yeah, I mean, it's these guys. You see, you said something earlier about charting a course, and when I bring up hot buttered, buttered rum to anybody, you guys are the pi- one of the pioneers of this new genre of bluegrass, as far as a lot of people are concerned. Eric. Maybe like evolved more than it's because it's become so broad that can you even call it bluegrass still like of course yes now you can but it's so vast and different and everybody's different like you know technical influences and teachers and interests like really shape how you play this bluegrass yeah but you guys have really charted the course yeah i think uh, yeah thanks I, i i appreciate that um that shout out like we you know we've just been we, we started doing it, like I said, out of a very pure desire to play, uh, you know, to play music from the Appalachians out West and mm-hmm. see what it would sound like. Um, and we, again, not, not really knowing where that would take us, right. how many fans we'd be able to appeal to. And uh, I think uh, we, the fact that we're able to, you know, make a, make a living at it and make a run at it for so many years and, and still are, um, speaks to the fact that, yeah, it, like you were saying, Apple, it's really good music for dancing. That's always been a really important part of what we do. Um, and it's, it's great music for just bringing people in yes. and yes. like your, you know, uh, your story about like taking up the guitar or taking up the banjo like that. There's something about the, um, the open armed yeah. nature of string band music that is really inviting, right? Cause it's harder to like, pick up a, you know, baritone saxophone and start learning <laughs> Jerry Mulligan solo. Like, yeah. You can do it, no doubt. Like, I definitely know people that are like, I'm going to play the saxophone and it's like, it's a long road and then you got to find other people to play with who are compatible at your level and yada, yada, but like, guitar, banjo, mandolin, you can pick one of these up and within a year um, be playing, hell, within a month, be playing with other people if you have the right people to play with. And there's yeah. like, and you can be, you can actually be playing with people who are quite good but you're doing just a simpler part to what their uh, more complicated part with is interlocking with. And it is um, just a, it's a remarkably flexible music in that way. There's, 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 there's different parts of the music to be played and not everybody needs to play a billion notes. You know, you just get a good fiddle player and let her do it or whatever, (laughs) whatever the deal is that night. And it's, it's, it's really, really fun in that regard. And I certainly benefited a lot from, um, you know, when I started playing banjo, I was still like kind of back in college. I didn't really know whether I could do it on a high level. Um, but I learned a lot. I learned so much from players and going around and listening to people and would get into situations where I would know at the beginning of the jam session, I wasn't going to take a lot of breaks or try to improvise a lot, especially because banjo is a little bit unclear. It was unclear for a while how to, how to improvise on the instrument because it's, it's played in such a different manner. Than a lot of the, than a lot of the other string instruments, but I would just know. Okay, my job here is to like keep really good time and support everybody else. And lo and behold, that's 
basically what bluegrass music is. There's a little bit of jumping out front, maybe a little bit more than more than that if you're a fiddle player. But yeah, it's like you just as long as you're doing those first two things, you're a good bluegrass musician. And that's that's what um that's one of the things that always really got me about the music. And it is make no doubt, it is competitive. There's a lot of um I would say pretty friendly and like healthy amount of competition and it has that kind of fire to it but it's it is a different is a different feel than the competitiveness that i i i hear about in the jazz scene or among lead guitarists and you know rock and roll not that not that either of those is bad either per se but it's just it's more my kind of place like i like yeah. i like the way that bluegrass musicians push each other i get it i, um, I think you know i think that there's something to the analog nature of bluegrass music that that uh fosters that that when you're yeah. dealing with wood and wire you know basically or a drum head and some wire or yeah it it's more visceral in a lot of ways than when you're blowing sound out of an amplifier behind you it's different and it sure. it draws us together in a in a weird kind of a way yeah. i think because human beings have been doing that whatever it is thing for so so long that like so long it's there you know <laughs> and we're tapping into that well and like electricity allows for such a like a loud far reach but when you don't are not plugged in you do want to gather and mm. get closer and i love what you said too about like the the circle like that gathering because it really um this past last string summit that we were at it um it changed my like the course of my life I feel like it wow. I, I had I had a huge impact when we were interviewing um never come down and then then go to um Tom. um Tom Neckville. Uh, Neckville and yeah Tom he made my banjo oh he did uh, what do you have a name for your banjo Necky? I don't know. I don't really have a name for it, but I love it. I've been, play- I've been playing it for over 10 years, and it's just a great instrument. Oh, well, I hope to one day um, feel like I, I can earn that, you know, because I quickly felt like the, you know, the teenage boy that wanted the hot rod on his 16th birthday, you know. I was like, oh, my gosh, he turns around with this instrument, and it had Saturn on it and, like, a comet. And it was, <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's got some far-out fingerboards. Mm-hmm. It was so and, dope. And it was so beautiful, and it, like, it really, it was a moment in time, like, I felt like I fell in love with it, you know. Like, I felt like I saw the love of my life or something, and I... I from that day, I think it was like the second day, second day, like the rest of string summit was different for me. And mm. I, I was listening and starting to realize like, I've always like my mom used to listen to country music all the time and she loves the fiddle and like, but also so many other different music, but I always love this certain thing about country music and just like that type of music. And I didn't understand what it was, but at summit, when I started to listen to all the different um, music and with the new ears, I was yeah. like, it's the banjo that I love. That's what it is. It's like, <laughs> that's the sound that I love hearing in this group. And I, my ear wasn't mature enough to understand that. And I, I got that understanding at summit. And then of course with that, you know, meeting Tom and, you know, uh, finding out about the Oregon bluegrass association and like all these incredible things that like brand new like just firecrackers shooting off and like since I got the banjo I I, like you were saying there's such a respect for it because I was like 
there's so much to learn. I love the way their fingers were moving. That was one thing. Mm-hmm. They're constant. And I loved the way that it never stopped. You know, like, you know, the fingers don't stop. The song doesn't stop. Everything keeps going. It's at the same tempo and it's consistent. And that's something with me, like in my personality that I strive to develop is consistency. Mm. And so that's really why I wanted to adopt the banjo and like that style to help me keep going. Have you found a crossover in your life like that where playing overlaps with who you are and and like that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think for me, um I've always I've always been a jack of all trades and this is like a, I've always had uh, both in the positive and the negative sense, like just trouble making up my mind, what to focus on, what to do next. Um, yeah. And I'm always, I've been always pretty quick to pick up things, especially if it's language or kind of music oriented. But for a long time, I just, I played four or five different instruments in Hop and Rum. And that was sort of my identity musically. Mm-hmm. I would play the flute on certain songs because um, I grew up playing uh, wind instruments. I play clarinet on certain songs. Um, I'd play accordion or piano on other songs and, and play the banjo on, you know, a few songs. It wasn't, I mean, originally I will say Hot Butter Rum's identity as a band was much more of just a little bit of like a loose sort of acoustic, like ramped up folk band without necessarily wanting to necessarily be like a straight bluegrass band. Um, not that we're ever that straight and narrow in the first place, but um, that I will say once I started playing more banjo, it got, it really did start taking hold and, um, I can definitely, uh, identify with that moment that you had, um, just, just playing it. And for me, it was like an old, it was some old weird, like Czech banjo that was sitting in my bass player's basement. And it was, the pot was like, you know, an inch bigger than normal. It was a really weird looking band. You can actually <laughs> see it on the first album cover we ever did. But I just loved, I loved the, um, the sound of it. And I, I really know what you mean on that perpetual motion thing. I would spend, I mean, just hours, um, especially all through my twenties and sometimes on the road, even in the back of the bus, just, just getting down with the metronome and really trying to work on these roll patterns. Um, and it was, I think it was, it was something that it just, it really calmed my, my, uh, my brain, yeah. my kind of overactive brain, you know, they, they really, and I think music has a remarkable capacity to do that. And it still does, you know, these days I, I don't have as much time, nearly as much time to practice as I once did, but it is incredibly calming for, for our overactive, overstimulated brains to yes. just sit and do something and do some, try to do it well for however many um, minutes or hours that can be. I, I started wow. taking Mel, my birthday's in a, in a week, and Mel got me this, like, Brian Sutton online flat-picking class, right? And I've been playing for a long time. I've been playing since I was, like, 12, but it's, like, this love-hate thing where I'd play for a while and then put it down for a year and then pick it up and then put it down for two years and whatever. And, you know, doing the fundamentals is tough when you've been doing something for a while. But I was like, you know what? With this, I'm starting at the fucking beginning. I'm doing this thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna blow past anything. I'm gonna do everything that he says. And so, like, the first exercise is is one string, seventy five beats a minute, just keeping time. One string, eighth notes. Right. Sounds simple. 
it's the hardest goddamn thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> and simple but not easy. I noticed what you're talking about today, and it's a trip that you brought it up. When it locks in, there's a feeling of timelessness that happens. Mm-hmm. It, when the when the groove locks, everything disappears. All my thinking disappears. Yes. And I'm just there. When I yeah, start like, paying attention is when I fuck it up again. Right? <laughs> right. Right. So yeah, you're trying to you're trying to thread that needle between um too much intentionality and you also don't want to like fall asleep, right? So you're trying to yes. have it 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 has a medit- it has an, it, it's powerfully meditative quality where you're you are alert and aware and and with it, but at the same time you're not like overbearing. You don't want to bear down too hard. And you, right. I see this a lot in beginners and and young players and even in myself sometimes if i'm like had too much coffee where i'm just i'm i'm trying to force things out of my instrument as opposed to just letting the music come and you gotta you gotta be oh you gotta let that happen and listening to the sound and letting that be the guide as opposed to trying to follow the abstract idea of what the sound should be right that's that's the big the big jump and with music. Oh my gosh! Thank you for saying that. That yeah. is such a all, helpful, <laughs> like helpful in the moment for me. Like it, good. the other day, like um, oh gosh, I I can't remember everyone's name. I'm so sorry, but um, or who said it? But never come down when he was I talking about his oh tension. Um, he was talking about shaking your hands, you know, and like mm-hmm. after the, the feeling that you get after you shake your hands, that should be how loose you know, you're playing your instrument. That's a great great guy. And I, you know, with, you know, doing no simple road, um, it kind of like blossomed into whatever it is. But at the very beginning of this, we, like Apple was saying, we didn't listen to much bluegrass. Um, Now, five years into it, I'm finding myself um, wanting to learn no simple road from another perspective um, in the sense of like, how does a musician talk to another musician? Mm. Mm. And I've never um, given myself the opportunity or the time. Or, and, and actually, like, this is the right time, I will say. I was a young mom and had lots of stuff going on in my life early. So this is a time that I can literally devote. And like Aaron was saying, start fresh with like even with music theory. I, I got a teacher. He's teaching me theory like it's like the best situation and what you're saying, putting together these like little morsels that have really mm-hmm. um, just unlock ways to play differently. Well, yeah. I, I wonder too, Eric, like that space that we're talking about, is that, is that when you know you're having a good show? Yeah, I think if you can, especially if you can, um, what would I say here? If you can learn to look for, the signs that that's ha- happening with other musicians oh, that you're playing. Mm. And that's, that's where, the, yeah, that's where like the kind of a hypercube model comes into effect or something. You're really sort of like, like, I mean that, and that takes a lot of um, attention and also a lot of relaxation at the same time. And that's a much tougher order. And also it just takes like having played a lot of music together and all being in a fairly good state of mind, um, to be on stage, but, but yeah, you can, there are, there are ways to tell when, and I'm not talking about like, I mean, obviously like facial expressions are important or, or body language, but there's a, there's a, there's a real subtle, um, there's a subtle way that a groove will just lock together or that a song will 
locked together or that especially like vocals will will just vibrate just right when they're when they're in tune and um bass players and drummers talk about this a lot too like that real subtle um feel for where everybody's feeling feeling the beat in the same mm. place um so that you got a nice pocket there uh and that happens with both with bands that i've worked with that have drums and bands that don't you know with with string bands it's more about whether the mandolin and the bass are really locked into a um a deep groove and whether everybody else is is really having that same relationship to where the bass players put the notes um yeah but it's 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 palpable and it's the same way that um you know any of us can 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 feel good about having a conversation if you know like oh, oh this conversation's got a good flow to it like we're everybody's giving and 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 listening and and at the same time and it's that's that's the same way with music you yeah. can you can feel it when a, when a group's on and it's really fun to be in the audience and that's happening yes. so i always try to <laughs> think about that and work work towards that goal on stage we've we've talked about that with doing the show of how the yeah. art of conversation overlaps with music so much and definitely this is a jam because we don't we don't script questions for anybody we just have a conversation and see what happens and that's you know that's improv and you know it the thing with that space and and finding it on stage and having it with other people it's for me those moments at a show when the band gets there are mm-hmm. the thing that have kept me running to every show that you can get to. You know what I mean? Like that, that yep. there's no feeling like that. And doing this and talking to musicians and also playing has given me a, a brand new um, respect for all of you Yeah, to be able to do what you do. You just said, like, it depends, you know, if we've had enough sleep, if we're in a good mood, if everybody's getting along, if, you know, whatever. The odds are stacked against you all the time. You're on the road, you know, you're, you're eating like shit and, and whatever. And you guys are pulling it off, man. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd say hopefully more often than not. We, we are. They're definitely off but no, it's uh, that's that's also one thing where. um just being having done it for you know gone awful long time like you just sort of that place becomes more accessible right especially mm-hmm. especially if you're working with with people with whom you've done it for that same amount of time it's it's pretty pretty easy to drop in you, you sort of learn your the, odds learn start the to change huh <laughs> yeah 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 exactly well and there, there's no predicting it either there there's no, no. rhyme or reason to it no. because We've had times when, kind of like a band, sometimes we're all fired up for an interview, and it, I mean, and we've yeah. always had good conversations and interviews, but we've had times when all three of us have not felt like it. Yeah. We've been under the, especially in the last couple of years, like under the weather, the yep. world's weird, and some of the best things have come, come out, out of it. it. Yeah, because there's friction. It's like I don't even want to do the Aaron. Can we reschedule? No. Let's just do it. <laughs> We're, we're all moody, and then as soon as we turn everything on and turn on the mics, we get into it, and the guest is awesome, and then we're all in the groove. And when we get over, it's like, that's exactly what we needed to feel better. Yeah. Like, and, yes. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, you guys just put out, well, not just, but put out a new album recently, and a lot of it was 
this is born of quarantine and COVID, correct? Like through that, this is what came uh, out yeah, of it? Like, yeah, really, a really significant portion of the songs were written during the quarantine because that's what was happening. There was no other outlet, right, for, for creativity. There was no, no other outlet. Um, and sometimes I sort of think wistfully back on those days. Not very much, but, you know, I had a recording session today. I got a rehearsal after this. Like, it's just... Life is so busy that it's it's it can be challenging to find time to write. Wow. Um, oh, yeah. And writing really, really likes that regularity, you know, of having a couple hours a day to just sit down and do it at the same time. Um, but yeah, so a lot, a lot of that. But but because we're we weren't able to to be performing, um, and weren't able to sort of experience that give and take that is really. Um, such a big part of the reason why we, we do this. Um, it, we, you know, like some of the songs have, have some kind of some longing, some ennui, whatever, mm-hmm. what have you it's, it's in there. Um, I, I, I would also say too, I think that the, our songwriting style changed a little bit. There tends to be, there were, there are definitely more songs that, that have a little bit more space, some slower tempos, some different, um, I don't know, some different ideas that we might not have leaned on in a, in previous sessions. And we also used uh, a keyboard on everything that we've never done that before. We've certainly had piano and organ on certain things in the past, but we have a, we have a sixth member now, you know, our, our friend Jeff uh, has been able to basically become a full-time member of the group. Oh, um, wow. You know, so went from sitting in every, every few shows to, um, just just diving in with us and right and on. we're so grateful that that's been an option too but it, you know that but again that's a challenge it can be every every potential every potentiality has its own challenges so finding space for keys in the band um means probably means a lot less of something else at any given point mm, I, wow and i i'm just gonna say i i i love it i love his style of playing i'm glad he's cool. part of the band well he's got like a, i mean it goes back and forth like it's got a real honky tonk feel kind of on he's really stuff. Good at that and, stuff. Yeah. yeah just amazing playing and yeah like like you said it it's different than some of the other albums it adds something and but personally i just got through one of my favorite and i'm still digesting the album i've listened several times but the one that stood out and still is one of my favorite is the um seasick captain for oh, some cool. reason, like I don't one. know what that is. I'm still figuring out what it is that it does for my brain, but that's the track yeah. I go to when I just got a chance to listen to one song on the album. It's like, go back to that. Cool. I, I just love <laughs> that. I love the lyric. I love everything about that one. It's awesome. I love I love hearing feedback on what people gravitate towards on the record. Okay, well then, I, I'm going to go with Broken Glass. That's Oh, cool. That's, that's one of those real spacious ones. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a perfect one right after... <laughs> Yeah, seasick captain. I, I, I like what you said about the the album being a little darker than mm-hmm. your, your other stuff because it is, and I'm here for it, man. I I like that stuff. I, <laughs> I look, man. We went through some shit. Yeah, in the past yeah. two and a half years, it life really what, what happened? No, I don't know. I had to stay home a whole bunch. <laughs> It kind of feels like whiplash, really. Like, did I get hurt? You know, and then you know, it's like, oh yeah, I yeah, did. did. I- <laughs> but it, it stands to reason that if I'm a musician and I'm alive on this planet right now and I'm feeling shit, that 
what comes out in my art is going to be a little darker because the climate was a little darker. Did it, it was. did it feel weird for you to like, once it was completed and like all the tracks are mastered and you're like, okay, this thing's going out. Did it feel weird for you? Like when you listen through it and you realize that, like, did that make you feel any kind of a way? This is the middle of the episode. Welcome to the middle. And I am not interrupting cow. No, you're not. No, I'm not. No. I, I am, though. You know what I like to do in the middle of things, though? <laughs> what? I like to get high. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. Where do you get your weed, dude? Well, if you're up in the Portland area, you can come visit us at Define Premium Cannabis. Our location out in Hillsboro is there to serve you for all of your needs. Wow. Wait, wait a minute. What if I need concrete bumpers for my car? Oh, I'm sorry. All of your cannabis oh, needs. Okay. I bet. Yeah, that's right. right. Stoners. I better be specific. Yeah, like people be coming in and be like, can you make me a sandwich? You're like, no, we can't, <laughs> but we can get you high and you can go make your own sandwich. So come in and visit us out in Hillsboro. Make sure to tell us you are a listener of No Simple Road. Then we'll treat you extra special. And then we will also give you a 10% discount. We'll throw a free t-shirt at you. Probably give you some stickers, maybe a grinder, they maybe a lighter. Throw a shirt at you. you never know. They're going to hand you a shirt well, nicely. Yeah, well, I don't know. If I'm saucy that day and you catch me, <laughs> I may throw Ooh. a shirt at you. But you'll like it. Then you wear that back and then, and then you get a 15% discount. But the message is, come visit us out in Hillsboro. We will take care of you. You will leave with clothing. You will leave with stuff to get you high, to rub on your aches and pains. Hey, hey Apple, what does interrupting cow say? What? Right. Wow. Anyway, we're going to get back to the, back to the, back episode, to the episode now. Love you guys. Define. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. To be honest, it, it, was, it, was, it was mostly the same familiar feeling that I've gotten off of after all, all our records, which is that there's a little bit of weirdness there that it's out there, but it basically by the time I'm ready to record a song it's already it already belongs to the group right it already mm. belongs to everybody who's right. playing it and uh, and usually there's already been a, a lot of edits on it anyways so i feel like the but it but what's interesting to see is where where that little um that seed that's still in there um how you know what what's it's interesting to see what crops up around it to support it and to make it into a, a hop out of rum song as yeah. opposed to a song that's just me and a banjo or me and a guitar um, and, uh, like with that song, for example, I, you know, I, I wrote it just real slow dirgy. I think I wrote it on piano. I can't remember. Or maybe it was guitar, but just a real slow dirgy song. And I was like, man, this is, this song is going nowhere. There's no way Hot <laughs> Butter Rum's ever going to play this. And then, um, I did a, I do, I have a person that I write with, um, in Richmond nearby here, who's really, really good with ableton and he's able to do like he'll do a thing where we'll we'll basically write a song in a day even wow. sometimes two and take it you know and track track all the parts and then he does all the drum stuff in the box there um he's really good with the ableton drum sounds so i kind of got inspired by that and i i am a complete novice with all that stuff but even just with using garage man was able to like sketch out drum parts and sort of create this whole song 
that still didn't sound like a hot butter drum song, but it, it made it a lot. I had a lot of fun with it. And I was, that's the kind of thing that I was able to do during the pandemic because I mean, that stuff takes me forever. Like it's really not my, my comfort zone. Technology is not my comfort zone. I like what it can do, but I don't like, I generally don't enjoy the, um, the hours that it takes to do that stuff. But I was able to put that time in. And then when I, by the time I brought it to the guys, it was like, Oh, I can see how this would sound. I can see where this bass part fits in. I, I can see where the drum parts work. And then of course we changed it a bunch from there, but um, I felt like that, you know, that allowed it to sort of take on some life mm. um, that it might not have otherwise have done. Wow. Um, the other thing I will say too, uh, um, the songs that uh, Nat and I brought in uh are only if you know they're only there's only 10 of them on the record there's a couple more by the way we'll be releasing next year cool um sort of as some some video only stuff but uh you know those are i would say those tend to be the the less like tight to my chest preciously expressive songs that i write and i write a lot of different kinds of songs for a lot of different reasons and i can tell when i'm writing a song that i probably won't play for anyone except for folks who know me well or maybe not even that you know yeah. there, there was a lot of those during the pandemic which is like basically a way to process mm. stuff to let go of stuff to move past stuff and i i wrote you know 30 30 or 40 of those and oh, i don't know that i and i really don't play them much anymore like it doesn't feel best to do that so uh huh. i don't know like i i i, it's, I guess that's a, a funny way of answering the question but the songs that i by the time I'm getting ready, I'm ready to bring a song into the band. I'm ready to, to play it. I'm ready to record it. I'm ready it. to really let go of it and let it go, you know, do its thing. It's like watching the, you know, kid drive away to college or something. It's Aww. like, okay, that's this, this whole, something is going to keep happening with this thing. And I love it as much as I ever have, but it's not, it's not really mine. It's not, it's not all that personal anymore, Got even it. though it's very expressive. Well, I like that. It sounds like the, like you're saying those other ones you don't play that's like using it. That's therapy. It's like using it music is, as therapy. Yeah. Complete. Once you've gone through a therapy session and you've had a breakthrough, you don't want to keep going back to that. It's like you had the breakthrough yeah. that fixed something. Damn, that was good. But on to the next yeah. thing. Yeah. And if one of those songs happens to have like a really good hook or something, I'll like pull that part pull that out, out or I'll just change it or I'll just, you know, do something with it to where it gets to the point where I'm like, okay, well, this is now this is now not just my song. This is ready to become other people's song too, whether yeah. that's listeners or, you know, kind of collaborators or whatever. And that's, that's, that's been an important part of my process also to just kind of take care of my, my like inner, my little inner world yeah, um, yeah. of that, that wants to, that wants to write songs um, that don't necessarily see the light of day. <laughs> you said something there and this may be a dumb question, but, Fuck it. What do I got to do? Um, <laughs> you said, you know, I play it and it didn't really sound like a hot buttered rum song. And you guys, how do you know? How, how do you know? Like, because he's in the but band. No, but, but what I mean is, how can you tell? Is I guess is a better way to ask that question. How can you tell what what's a hot buttered rum song and what isn't? Good question. And, and, I think I've got a pretty, uh, yeah, like I said, a pretty good um, line of of experience with that. A lot of it honestly starts with tempo. Mm. When you're in a band like Hot Butter and Rum, um, most people come to see the band and dance. So therefore, most of the songs 
should have a tempo at which people can dance pretty like pretty energetically. Mm. And that's not to say that you can't change it up or that you can't have a song or two where that's not the case. But if you're doing, if you come out with a whole album of songs that are boom, chick, boom, boom, chick, boom, boom, boom. It's a, that is a totally different, like emotional landscape and a different tempo landscape. The way that folks dance to that is just going to be very different. And they might not want to dance. They don't want to sit down and just like chill, which mm-hmm. is also a really good way to enjoy music. Yeah. But um, so for us, you know, oftentimes we'll be able to take chances or, or just do things on records that we won't do live. Like for a while there, we've had this joke that like every, every album has a waltz on it that we love recording and it's one of our favorite songs and we don't play it (laughs) and honestly a lot of that's um from just watching the crowd if if you play if we play a song you know every night for a week on the road and every time we play it people get up and and go to the bar or they just sort of stop and stare at the stage and they're just (laughs) not having an experience with it then you know okay this is a song that we love we want to make it maybe we want to record it and try to do something with with the recorded version, but it's not, it's not working for the folks who come to see us live. And there's no reason for us to try to shoehorn that in, you know, we're not, I guess I should say we're not, um, uh, uh, sticking to, uh, any particular, you know, set of artistic, uh, maxims in that way. Like, Hey, this is our new statement. We're playing all waltzes and <laughs> they are God. selling this year and we're going to, you know, make it happen. <laughs> sad songs and waltzes uh, bring around up. That's, and, and, and some artists do that and, you know, more power to them. There's nothing wrong with that either, but that's just never been our, that's not, that's not what we enjoy. That's not why we get on stage. So, well, um, yeah, so part of that's tempo. And then I think the other part is, um, what else would I say? Um, there's a certain, um, emotional palette that we generally like to lean into, which is we're like well, a lot of our songs are pretty upful mm-hmm. and pretty like go out there and get it and have have an amazing time getting it. And I love those kinds of songs. Yeah, uh, I you know I tend to write about maybe fifty uh, fifty between those and songs that are that are diving deeper into. Um, the difficult stuff and broken glass is one of those. Mm. Although ultimately I think it has kind of an upbeat, like a lift to it at the end. It's, it's, it spends a lot of time like in, in that, in that darker space. And that's just something that we don't do as much of. I think we're doing, Mm. we're actually more, more and more um, balanced in that way. Probably in, in large part due to the songs that I'm bringing in. But, uh, you know the 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 majority of our songs are going to be pretty danceable and pretty fun to listen to and sing along with. Right, you're yeah. a happy band. So, yeah, well, I'm pretty happy I, band. I, yeah, I love that, man. We everybody needs that. Legit. Yeah. Everybody needs to feel comforted, and you know, I don't care what's going on, but when Hop Out of Drum comes to town, I'm buying some dancing shoes, and we're going <laughs> to yeah. have a party tonight. Yeah. I'm leaving smiling. My face is going to hurt, and my feet are going to feel fabulous well, from dancing. Like I'm 50. I need those waltzes every once well, in a while, it, man. I get it. It's comforting, though, show. and I appreciate that, because I understand Like sometimes as an artist, you do want to say like your statement piece and be like, uh, this yeah. is it, and I'm done and like 
I'm not discussing it. It's just what it is. What? Mic drop. But then there's the other part where you're saying is like interactive and you're, you're yeah. part of your musicianship is that interplay with the fans and the people that are listening. And if you don't have that, you're not playing to that or catering to that or creating a space for that. Why are you doing it then? <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or, or you can just, if you want to really reformat or like start a different band that does, that has a different palette that yeah, works with. Feeling. I've, I've, I've worked with some, you know, younger musicians or even some, some peers and myself at times where there are times, there are times where if you really want to explore a different kind of music or a different, um, whole different world of music, that's awesome. And you, there's, yes. there's a lot, there's time and place to do that with, with other projects too. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's why either side projects or even, you know, parallel projects can be such a good, good thing for the musician and for the audience too. Yes. So, you know, okay, well, if I see Eric's, you know, sad songs and waltzes project, that's what I'm going there for. You know, I want to feel sad. Just tears just streaming out of my, down my face. I want that like dark emotional catharsis. Yes. You know, or whatever. Like sometimes you can walk out of a, you know, a show with like the milk carton kids or, or Gillian Welch or some of it where it's just like, there's a they, they do a mix of material, but like there's some songs where you're just like, Holy shit. You know, Elvis Presley yeah. blues. Like that's just such a sad fucking song, but it really, it gets to it. It gets to me and it gets to that part of me that has this like, you know, longing to know that other people feel that way. And that's mm. what's great about sad songs. And then I want to go see like the California honey drops or some band like you need honey drops that same way. Like, you you know, when you, you leave their show that it's just, there's going to be this certain feeling in your body or, or rather like when you, when you leave that playlist on Spotify, that it's going to, you know, if you put yeah. it on your car driving, you'll get this certain you thing. What, you know, what songs do you want to listen to when you're driving through the fog at night? You want to go deeper with that emotion. What songs do you want to listen to when the sun's blasting or what songs do you want to listen to if you just had a really tough conversation, you know, with your, your partner or your, your yeah. family member or whatever, like, yeah, well, music okay. can be so many different that, things. That's what's uh, amazing. Eric, so can I ask out of the album, <laughs> yeah. what would be the song you would recommend for somebody who is working through some tough times with family? That is a really good question. <laughs> I mean, broken glass might be, might be it. It's probably just on my mind. Um, uh, let me see. Do you need the names of them? I'll, no, do you I'm have sure. it? No, no. Do you I'm know thinking, all of them? Uh, okay. sure he's got it. I know. I mean, I want to be with the dreamers was another interesting one where, um, and Nat would be the guy to talk to more about that because he, he, you know, he wrote the thing, but, um, I feel like that's, that's a song about needing to kind of find your people. Oh, wow. And a lot of times when I'm, when I'm dealing with family stuff, it's because I got to deal with these people and, and they're not the family I necessarily chose, but they're the family I got. But it's, I feel like that song's a good one to come back to the, to the place of like realizing that, you know, we have, we have that second family, right? The family or the yeah. friend family, the one that we choose. Um, I think also the last song on the record is a little a little bit of a different palette for us. A simple story. Mm. I think that one that might be my my favorite Nat Keith song on the record, just because it that one really speaks to maybe more than anything just the the difficulty of being apart from people mm. um, during the during the pandemic, and then the the longing to the longing to be. Uh, reunited with people which wasn't present when the song was being written but 
is now present. And so it feels like every time we sing that song and people really connect with it, I can feel that the the whole circle mm. of emotion, Close you know, the yeah. separation, the longing, and then the re- reuniting. It's like all this stuff is kind of there. That's um, sweet. That's, that's, a, I mean, that was a hell of an answer. Yeah. yeah. You have really good answers. <laughs> yeah. You're very thoughtful. I've listened to this album, you know, a lot. <laughs> yeah. I have, I, to be honest, like most musicians, I think once it, once it's out in the world, I don't listen to it a whole lot because I've listened to it so many times during the mixing process. But yeah, it definitely sit in a studio and you listen to these songs a dozen times in a row and it, you know, you'd start thinking about <laughs> what the hell they mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't even imagine like wow. over and over again, it's got to get like, you got to go deep at some point. You got to go deep. Yeah. yeah. You got to take breaks and that's, that's why there's so many snacks in recording studios. <laughs> a, lot of yeah. <laughs> a lot of empty calories. That's how records get made. Uh, um, <laughs> is it after having that break? And because you guys just finished a pretty, pretty good tour, you know, pretty good tour. Yeah. So we've been doing more of like a, a get out and get home version mm. of touring. Like it's just not. We're not gone for huge swaths of time. Part of that was was the decision that we made to sell our tour vehicle and rent, um, which actually turned out to be a great decision. And for a lot of, you know, kind of balance sheet reasons and also just emotional reasons, it's it's challenging to own a vehicle and, and to to keep up with it. You know, it's like having a boat. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys have a boat. Oh, it's like polar oh, ship is always something. Um, but also part of it's just that uh, four out of six of us to have kids, uh, myself excluded and the drummer excluded, but you know, to be gone from, from, from kids for weeks at a time, it's just, it gets to be harder and harder to justify. Um, Ooh. and so we, what we do is we just make, we, we make it so that we can tour the places that we really want to go and get out there and do a weekend and then come home and get out to the next place and do a weekend and come home. That's and we'll generally try to group the weekends pretty close together. Or maybe we'll do you know, 10 days in a row. But for the most part, it's been, it's been a good model for us to, to tour, tour smarter as opposed to just wow. touring harder. We yeah. certainly, we did, we, we did a good 12 years of the other way, which, you know, I think gained us a, a kind of the foothold that we still uh, maybe have in, you know, in the, the, uh, the scene. Uh, but the, the, there comes a point where, you know, as Robbie Robertson said, it's an it's an impossible life after a certain point. Um, certainly, to do it in the way that we used to do it. Uh, that said, you know, maybe there's a three week tour in, in store. We'll see. But uh, it's just going to depend on on how um, how many markets we can how many markets we can play that makes sense for us to play. Yeah. Um, you know where where our fan base is strong enough for us to go, and then how often we can get out there. Yeah. I- well, that's brilliant. I just love that, like touring smarter. I mean, because yeah. we're not, none of us are getting younger. You got to yeah, take right, care of yourselves. Right. You want to keep doing this for a long time, and yeah, you want to be like do. that. You have people with a kid, you want to be with your family. You don't want to be cut yeah. off too long. You know, it, a lot you miss a lot. The, yeah. But what I think about here, and you talk about that, is that like uh, we have two kids, we have a grandkid. And, like our son is twenty and just moved out, right? And the, and the thing that I think that it was besides me being sad that he moved out was like how fast 
that went. It it like it was a blink of an eye. And yeah. and while it was happening, it seemed like forever. But now in hindsight, I'm like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> I wish I would have known it was going to be this fast. And like, yeah. is it is it the same with hot buttered rum? Because you guys have been at it almost, I think it's the same age as my son, 20, right? Yes, yeah, so we've been doing it. We've been... The, we've been working on the band pretty steadily, I'd say, for about 22 years. Really, oh, wow. like, like I said, like that, since that last year of college. Um, and it hasn't always been a full-time job, um, but for most of that time, it has been. Um, it's it, ugh, it's funny. The, the difference of the band, right, is that we're still, we are still doing it. We're still actively doing it. Um, but yeah, in a sense, it does go by fast. Um it depends on how much detail I'm I'm calling upon in memories. Oh, like if yeah. I if I really push myself for whatever reason, I can usually get a pretty good handle on all the details from any specific night, as long as I like remember who I was there with, when we showed up. And if I try to do that for even like two or three shows, it's like I could just be that old guy on the front porch talking your ear off about how many things happened, you know, in, uh, you know, Aspen, Colorado on, you know, July 17th, 2008 you know, or whatever, like all these different details. And yet you pull the camera back even just a little bit and it does, t- our, the brain does that thing, right? Where it just kind of groups stuff together once yeah. it's no longer needed immediately. And it does be kind of just become like, whoa, I guess I've been a, musician for 22 years it's also it's also had that odd effect um i think i was a little less inclined to think of myself as a musician early on uh nat grew up with you know his mom's a musician and his dad was an amateur musician so he just always had that a real clear concept of like music is my thing and this is what i'm doing i think it took me a while to sort of get my head around that not having had any musicians in my family but I really spent like the first 10 years of popping around thinking, oh, this is a fun thing to do for a while. And I wasn't <laughs> ever thinking, yeah, this is like, now I'm a musician. Like there was never that, even though I, it's funny how the brain works. I like, you know, I went to music school and everyone around me is like, you're a musician. I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> that's, 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 you know, or that, whatever that, that old imposter syndrome that we all know and love. But like, it's just sort of one day you look around and you go, okay, well, this is, this is my deal. Like if I, if I, for some reason checked out, you know, today, like that would definitely be the headline yeah. <laughs> of my life. Like, you know, Eric Gates, musician. Da, da, da. It, it's because for a long time, it just seemed like a a far off uh, a far off possibility. Huh. Um, so yeah, in that way, it is it is really interesting to yeah to both like when when you're talking about something in terms of decades, right? Which is how how it is with the the kids that get raised in this world and and modeled off for having raised one or two of them all the way up. That's Thanks, a big man. deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, uh, yeah, it, it, the, the mind sort of reels from how much, how fast it goes. Yeah. My, um, my aunt always, she doesn't always say this, but she, she's often remarked that the time is, time is like a toilet paper roll. Like the more that you reel off, the faster it goes. Yes. <laughs> that was her little added for aging. That's a good analogy. And stealing that. And yeah. Every every year is progressively a smaller fraction of the memory that exists yeah, in my life. Crazy. And wow. I, I suspect that maybe it slows down again at the end, but I don't know. I, I, um, there's so much more memory to to fill in the gaps. Um, so that's it's certainly, 
yeah, it doesn't seem like it's going to be decades and then it really becomes that way. Well, I mean, uh. you, you guys have surely made your mark. I mean, and, that, and that's, 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 uh, that's a huge deal, man. Like we well, live and in congratulations a crazy world. I'm yeah. being a musician. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And realizing that a real one, you know, yeah. it's cool. You did it. Well, it's, yeah. been, it's cool to realize your dreams, you know? Yeah. So I, I, yeah. Good. Can you tell me about the new year's show? New year's is uh, going to be played in Mill Valley, California. Right it's the on. town I grew up in. It's okay. the town a Hop and Rums bass player grew up in, Brian Horn. Um, uh, it's one of our favorite places to play. The venue, Sweetwater, is oh. uh, a place that used to be like a little shotgun bar on the street that I actually grew up on. Um, and now is like a, a fantastic, you know, uh, you know, two or three room music venue with wow. top of the line gear. Amazing um, sound engineer there, Michael Wilson, who does also does sound at our festival, um, every year in Mendocino County. Uh, lots of great people working there. Uh, you probably know Bob Weir is one of the owners, um, of the Sweetwater. And, um, that's actually where we got to play with him. The one time I got to play with Bobby Weir. Um, oh. and it's just a fantastic place. It's, they have an incredible kitchen, Great staff. What can I say? Okay. Tip your bartender. Wow. Uh, we'll be here all year. <laughs> no, um, and yeah, I think, and I, you know, I just realized uh, New Year's is on a Saturday this year. Yes. So we're going to town. Like there's no, wow. you know, yeah. get on board. We're going to, we're going to leave the station. And we'll, we'll, we're going to have uh, some special guests. We've got a woman named Jessica Malone who's going to open the show for us. She's a songwriter from um, Mount Shasta, California. And then her musical partner in crime, Hattie Craven. Also a very talented songwriter from um, from the uh, I think from the Mendocino area, um, and just like you know, so we'll be working them into the show. We're gonna have a few special guests that we'll probably wait wait on announcing. Yeah, but yeah. Um, we love we love having New Year's in you know the home area. We yeah. always try to do that every few years. Do New Year's close to home, um, you know, as opposed to going out to Colorado or Oregon or something like that. Yeah. So right. Mill Valley is gonna be a hoot. Uh, right come on. On. if you're if you're out and around there now yeah. you, you heard it here go go do that yep. that'll be fun yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I i'm be remiss if i don't ask i because people listening are like please ask i can hear it in my head how was it playing with bobby it was great he's man honestly like i i really the probably my favorite part of it was just listening to the stories backstage he was there with lucas nelson oh wow uh, it was part it was all part of the um the one of the benefit things that they do um and it was just like the two of them you know shooting the bull and he's just he's about you know as as wild a wild-eyed and uh scheming as you might imagine him to be (laughs) and eloquent in his own way and a great musician and talk about um groove i mean that guy's that guy's groove on on the guitar is 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 10 miles deep he's got that pocket yeah psychedelic pocket man he's in it (laughs) yeah that's a weird pocket pocket. (laughs) no one has explored that pocket more than bob weir no no, No one alive i should say (laughs) was i he was i I heard an interview with him where he's just saying like you know i he might have he might have spent more hours playing guitar on stage and singing songs 
than like almost anyone alive. I mean, who else wow. around has done it that much? Since I, he was wow. so young. He was such a baby 16? when they started that band, yeah. man. He was such a band. He just was all in all the time. Yeah. That, that, I've yeah. never thought of that before, but that I mean, is incredible. Yeah. Uh, he's got to be in the yeah. Guinness book. He's got to. <laughs> well, wow. If he isn't yet, he's, you know, he keeps lifting those kettlebells. He'll be in there before long. He's swinging that fucking the, maze. The, the maze. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he's a beast. I just want him to work that into the show one time. Yeah. Walk you know, out like, swinging the. <laughs> Maybe you could do like, the banjo okay. like that. That that'd yeah. be dope. <laughs> Eric, I man, like when uh, yeah. when you guys come back through Portland next year, yeah. if you do, please hang on to my number, man. If if you all need a place to even lay just your to come hang, out. come hang out, come have a barbecue, come just chill. Like we'd Sounds love good. to. Yeah, we love to have company and give somebody. Give you guys, when you're on the road, everybody needs a place other than a hotel or a van or something. And, to and Eric, chill. Um, yes. thanks for your words of wisdom during our conversation. I really took away a lot, and oh. I appreciate everything that you're doing um, on stage and just as a person. Thank you for for showing up. Yes, and I, I one thanks, humor Ralph. one humorous yeah, last thing, the one humorous side note that I wanted to say oh, earlier, yeah. talking about songs on there. On my way home today, I'm rushing. I got home about four minutes before we started the interview, and I'm driving in traffic. And I don't listen to bluegrass a lot when I'm driving because I find yeah. I'm listening to Swerving Inside the Lines, which is very. <laughs> and I found I'm a safe driver, but I found myself hurrying home <laughs> in kind of holiday traffic, starting and not being that safe. And was I made it home safe? Obviously, but I was like, okay, maybe that's for like listening to at home on the patio when you can dance and stuff. Yeah. But it was just funny. It was, I was like, yeah. I need to listen to a few songs on my way home, also, and that was one of them. That's and then great. also just the name of that, swerving inside the lines, and I'm on the freeway, just like yeah. Thanks for everything, we should, Eric. We should put an advisory on that song maybe before before it comes out. Not, yeah, that's got that operate thing. heavy machinery. <laughs> yes. Pull over before listening <laughs> to the next song. Yeah, find a rest area and get <laughs> out and dance. That means you. Yeah. <laughs> right on, Eric. I All love right. it. It's been a blast, man. Yeah. Have, a, have a good practice Thanks, tonight, guys. brother. Aww. Yeah. All Thank right. you for your time. Take care. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Oh, so sweet. Apple, you say you like to say his name. Why you like to say his name? Not because it's a Eric Yates. It's like saying it's like, yay, Eric Yates. Okay. Yeah. And well, you just heard that. That was a, I love it. The way that that just ended in laughter and everything. That's a great way to end our conversation. That was just awesome. Thank you so much, Eric. You know, there's so many amazing bands out there and, there is a select few that have been doing it a really long time. And that like when I first started getting into bluegrass, there were a couple of names that were passed around all the time. Like the old Jeff Austin stuff was, was like, go listen to that. And hot buttered rum was another band that most of the, uh, bluegrass heads were like you need, need to go listen to hot buttered rum hot rise hot buttered rum um you know that that's like the foundation of the jamgrass scene that we're all experiencing and you know it's a trip to me i was thinking about it today like <clears throat> the phenomenon of, of billy strings 
and what he he has inadvertently or on purpose done to music he has exposed so many people to the genre of music that is jam grass or bluegrass that normally wouldn't have given it a chance yeah you know what I mean? You know, his demographic is unlike any. I can't think of anybody that has a demographic that reaches so far. Well, and I, the reason I bring it up is I just wonder, like, what do you guys think? Do you do you think that um, bands like Hot Buttered Rum, Green Sky, um, Yonder, Trampled by Turtles, that they see like all boats rise kind of thing where they see... Um, an increase of people, new people at their shows because of the effect that Billy Strings has had on yeah, bringing people bring it more. to the genre. I mean, it has to have some effect, if not small, large, or medium. It's, it's definitely something positive because if you are introduced to Billy Strings and now all of a sudden you're like, dang, I guess I do like bluegrass you start looking around like what's yeah. coming no- next to me or where can I go next or who's playing? And it makes you start to do like some research or maybe like he's toured with somebody or been on stage with somebody. So it, it's definitely going to have an impact to where, you know, that like that saying you were just saying all bows, bows, <laughs> all bows tie together. <laughs> yeah, and well, you are, yeah. And you are like we do. You're going to start going down the rabbit hole and finding out what he listens to, who he's yeah. joined on right. stage, who he's toured with, who he opened up for when he was, you know, not as big. And, you know, that, that's a big, that's a rabbit hole to go down. I mean, he's joined so many people and I mean that, that there's a lot of music exposure there. And I think he has opened it up to, everyone and it's it's a trip to me too the reason i was thinking about it is like the uh the effect that he had just from having him on no simple road and having billy failing on the show it had an effect on our um listenership and our instagram following just by having him on the show and so the the gravity of that thing is real do you know what i'm saying like it's a real phenomenon Yeah, we've experienced it firsthand and i just wonder like how the found the holders of the foundation of the this part of the bluegrass scene how they feel about that like you know i when we first started interviewing bluegrass bands back a while ago like i would always ask well do the traditional bluegrass guys give you shit you know for yeah and I wonder if they're feeling it now, like that. Feeling what? Like, oh, well, they only came to the show because they saw Billy Strings once and now. I think sometimes you get too much in your head. I think the musicians are just happy that people are coming to their shows. Period, yeah. 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 They're just freaking stoked. Like, I don't care why you got here. What You're on your anniversary, like graduation. Who cares? And we've seen it and experienced it. We haven't been into bluegrass all that long, and we've seen, like, the Kitchen Dwellers grow and and Green Sky and all these bands. You know, bluegrass is really getting a lot of attention and i don't think it's just because of billy no it helps no. but it's you know well, it's yeah, a lot. because all these bands in and of themselves are great bands yeah, like it, they're of course billy strings is next level but 
there's a lot of next level bands. Yeah, well, infamous infamous Dream yeah. Dusters. They've yeah. been doing this for quite a while and have a Grammy and stuff. And, and you know, you like know, sometimes when your attention turns towards something, you are so much more cognizant of it that now you're starting to see much more. Our attention has turned to bluegrass, so now we see a lot more the rise and a lot more of the popularity and you know talk and all of that. I just I, and I just want to make sure that credit is given where credit is due because bands like this, <laughs> you're the credit giver. Well, I'm just saying they, they've <laughs> been around credit. doing this thing for a long time, twenty years, and well, they're doing it because they love it. Yeah, man. They're, you know, you're not going to do anything huge. for 20 years unless you literally have to or you want to. Yeah, you're yeah, true. 100%. <laughs> right? Like yeah. those are the two reasons why you're going to do something for 20 years. Yeah. So what, Apple? What's the problem? <laughs> What's going on, man? Darwin's stinking up the brew. He's over there. Now he just comes he over here. He just came laid next to you. Yeah, he's over there smelling his pillow. Oh and then he comes over here. He looks sad. Poor guy's got, got the... Um, little case of flatulence like <laughs> <laughs> and he wants it's, to it's come, not a little he case. wants to come sit by me facing his yeah, butt right definitely not a little case yeah, it's, it's 120 not pound dog, i was dude. trying to not embarrass yeah, I him think it's that, too late i think and i'm i'm this is conjecture this is not facts but i think that all the musicians um bluegrass and you know just plain not plain but other musicians alike they're just stoked that people find their music and buy their merch and come to their shows and like yeah. support them yep. and why it's happening doesn't really matter. The fact that it is happening is the big deal. Yeah, I can equate it to people listening to No Simple Road. I don't really care how you found out about yeah. the show. I'm you just found it. I mean, it's an interesting. We point, want to hear your but story. It yeah. yeah, but it doesn't like matter in the end. It's nope. just like a nice, you know, oh, cool story. Thank hey, you. You bought for a hoodie, rad. Yeah, glad you're here. So welcome. Let's dance. <laughs> Here's a sticker. Want to party? <laughs> anyway, we love you guys. And we will be back on Monday with a, a little check in with the three of us. It's been a couple of weeks since we've properly checked in with all of you. So stay tuned because we'll be back. And um, until then, smile at a stranger and safety love one third another and hydrate. And you know what? It's Christmas time. And don't don't buy wrapping paper. Use like old grocery bags and get creative yeah get creative use newspaper that's dope and fun use like cut up old sheets yeah Wrap like stuff in weird you know, sheets. shred old your sheets. bills and then put that inside of the box as the you know ra- the tissue paper okay you know there's all kinds of fun I stuff like can't say you didn't learn anything one, from no simple one last this thing week. too because you're listening to this on friday the 16th if you are in the portland area Make sure to go see the Family Mystic Family Tree Fest release party on the 17th. Oh, yeah. It is an right. all-day event two for the two. release of their new album, Adventures of, Adventures, Adventures Adventures of, of Namara. And it is from 2 p.m. to 2 a.m. at the Haven. So be there, be square. That's right. We love you guys. Peace.
show before, so we may think. But it's a tad bit of strange similarities that feed an A equal A complex. The fears of your past do not equal the perplexities of the current road. I want to tell you about the April-May 2023 issue of Relics Magazine. It features a Dave Matthews Band cover story with additional articles and interviews with The National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks, Relics. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to something about the Beatles, now on Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts.